I could have taught a contracts 101 course that took you six hours to go through and, you know, taught you all about contracts and why you have them and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, the result you're looking for is just to get that contract off to a client quickly. And that is not best accomplished through a very long, you know, six hour course where you're still confused at the end of it because you didn't go to law school for three years. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's impossible to teach someone what you can put in a template um, in like an online course. That was Christina Scalera. And in this episode, she is going to break down digital download products versus courses. Yes, there is a difference. And she's going to tell you why almost everybody should put digital download products on their website in a shop. She's also going to talk about how she started this business after trying a few different ones that failed. She racked up over $70,000 in credit card debt with business ventures, and then she started the contract shop with $500. Fast forward six years, she has grown it to a seven-figure business, and now she is teaching other people how to do the exact same thing. Sit back. I hope you enjoy this episode with Christina Scalera. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Christina, welcome to Become a Media Maven. Thank you. It's great to be here, Christina. (laughs) It's always nice to have another Christina on the podcast, and it's so funny because we met because we are in Christina Galvado's mastermind. <laughs> yeah, and shockingly, we all spell it the same way, which is, that never happens. <laughs> we do. You're right. We totally do. Oh my God, that's so funny. Okay, so I wanted to have you on the podcast because I was so interested in what you do because I feel like everybody online is doing the online course thing. And you are also doing the online course thing, but in your course, you teach people how to make money online by selling digital products instead of online courses. And an online course can be viewed as a digital product. So kind of like explain the difference and what it is you do exactly, because I like your twist and your unique angle on this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so to me, a digital download product and an online course are different things. I think an online course is an online course. I think a digital product is something that you can download or otherwise use like a Google Sheet or you know an Asana template, something like that, where it doesn't necessarily come with that set of instructions like an online course is all instruction. So just to give you an example of what this would look like, I've, for the last six years, I've built an online store called The Contract Shop and it has legal contract templates that you can use, say, if you are a wedding photographer and you want to work with a client and you need a contract really quickly, you go to our store, you download it, and in 10 minutes or less, you can fill out the forms and send it off to a client. So that's, to me, a digital product versus we have like a handful of courses like Trademarks on Tap that teaches you how to DIY your own trademarks. And really, the the biggest difference is looking at what kind of result you want to get for your customers. So for example, I could have taught a 
contracts 101 course that took you six hours to go through and you know taught you all about contracts and why you have them and all this stuff but at the end of the day the result you're looking for is just to get that contract off to a client quickly and that is not best accomplished through a very long you know six hour course where you're still confused at the end of it because you didn't go to law school for three years you know what i mean like it's just it's it's impossible to teach someone what you can put in a template um, in like an online course. And so it really depends on what the result is that you want to achieve for people, whether a digital product or an online course is a better fit. For something like the trademarks course, just using that as an example again, it's a better fit for an online course because there is no template. Like you literally have to go step by step through a form on the government website to fill this out. And so it didn't make sense to sell that with a template um, because that like that's not the end result that we're looking for. We're looking to go step by step. And so that's what I do. I take you by the hand and walk you through that. So that's where I think there's a big difference. And, um, you know, I think it's important for us as course creators or digital product creators to really get serious and ask what is the result that my customers are looking for and what is the vehicle or like the container, whatever you want to call it, that best delivers that result. Yeah, because I feel like everybody just defaults to online course because right. that's just what we hear so much. And you're saying like, pump your brakes, look at what people really want, which is great advice. So I'm going to assume that your background is in law. Yeah, I'm I'm a lawyer. So I, I started as a trademark lawyer for a private kids company based in Atlanta. Uh, that was how I got started. That was my first job out of law school. Um, I was in-house counsel and then worked on a lot of licensing agreements and things like that. And so as I decided that wasn't the best career path for me, I went out on my own, started my own firm. And um, in the, the course of that, also thought it would be really neat to do something more creative than just legal work and got introduced to um, kind of this online and creative community that we we know and love on Instagram and realized they needed a lot of help with their legal stuff. And that's how I got involved in creating all these templates for these amazing people that have started their living online. That's genius because, I mean, I know most people, I'll speak for myself, I don't enjoy that stuff. It's all <laughs> over my head. I don't, I mean, I just know I have to have it in place because my my clients have to pay me. I have to protect myself. My like, Absolutely. it's just, it's like, it's like literally the foundation of your business and it's not the fun part, but it's what everybody needs. Yeah. And you kind of make it sexy. Like it's not a sexy thing, but you make it like pretty fun and easy, which is great. That's the goal. Yeah, for sure. We want to be, we want this to be something that is fun and easy for people and it's taken a long time, but we've really, really honed our content and our products so that they are the most fun, easy things to use. <laughs> and how Thank long you. have you been doing this? Uh, so the online shop, I started that in November, 2015. And I started what is now my coaching business, teaching people how to sell digital download products through online stores like, like I have. Um, that started in August 2020. So six years for the shop and about a year and some change for my my coaching. Okay, got it. And so let's talk about the shop. Sure. How did you start getting attention for that and getting, I mean, like, you know, anybody can create a website online and tell me like, what what is this format? Is it just a website? Is it, I mean, like, how do you sell it and how do you get attention to it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I started with the Squarespace site because they have a nice commerce component. You can upgrade and get some product listings and have a decent backend where you can monitor your product. So I always suggest people start on Squarespace. It's really hard to mess it up, really easy to get started and really easy to have something that's beautiful and easy to you know use. Uh, we switched to Shopify a couple of years ago just because it's a lot more robust. They have a, a more complete ecosystem. So if someone's a little more advanced, that's where I'd go. But we, the platform doesn't matter as much as what you're talking about, which is how do you get eyeballs on your shop? Because if you don't have people looking at your shop, there's no one to buy. So the first thing that we did was we sought out different avenues where we knew there was an audience, but they didn't always have the content they needed for that audience. So there's a lot of people out there that have bigger businesses than you, um, not you, Christina, but like you, the listener. Uh, there's a lot of people who have these bigger businesses and they need content just like all of us do. And they're tired just like all of us are. And they would love to take a break for a week from creating content. And so I went and I found these businesses and these other, you know, kind of uh, aligned industries and things like that. And I reached out to people and I just said, hey, you mind if I write a blog post for you so you don't have to write, you know, four this month, you only have to write three. And resoundingly, the answer across every person I approached was yes. <laughs> um, they all were excited about it. Some of them turned into joint venture webinar partnerships where I would go on and I would teach their audience about legal stuff. These were really more teaching webinars. They weren't salesy. And so that worked really well for the partnership because then it was super risk-free for them. I wasn't being salesy. I wasn't pushing. I wasn't you know, cannibalizing any of their sales. And um, it worked great for me because it built my email list and it built a base of buyers who were talking about me and the contract shop. And they were like, oh my gosh, like, have you seen this thing? Or this, this idea is so cool. So then they started sharing about us and, um, you know, we're just started spreading that way. That's amazing. And were you doing all of this on your own, like building the list of potential partners, reaching out to them? Because that's a lot of work. Uh, it, it is a lot of work, but in the beginning, I had um, a lot of time on my hands because I, you know, <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard some someone recently said, like, you can't be broke and bored. Like, you <laughs> you just, you can't be both. So I was really um, definitely hustling, definitely doing a lot of writing, definitely doing a lot of outreach, and definitely did not have a strong system like you encourage. Uh, it was very messy, but it, it served its purpose well enough to help me to try to streamline this a little bit and um, just really get get me in front of as many people as possible. And then, of course, like I kind of burnt out probably because I didn't have the tools and things like that that you teach and sell. And so I had to take a couple, you know, a couple steps back. And that's when I started to hire. And that was about a year, not quite a year, maybe like seven months into the business, eight months and just hired someone to help take some of this off my plate because it's a lot to to pitch and keep track of all this. And how did you turn that into a seven-figure business? Like, I know we're going to skip a lot. Sure. <laughs> like, we only have so much time. Um, it's like the people who are like, oh, let me take you out to lunch so I can pick your brain and tell me how you did all of this like in 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, but you you eventually did scale this. And it's a great business to scale because a lot of it is passive. It's not like coaching um, where, you know, you're trading time for dollars. So tell me, maybe give me a couple of a couple of the big strategic things you did over the course of six years to scale it to seven figures. Yeah. They're going to be really boring. Um, 
you know, I wish I had like an Oprah moment where I just got featured <laughs> and everything took off, but we continued to do a lot of outreach. I continued to get on a lot of podcasts, um, especially in 2018. And we took advantage of things that we saw happening in the marketplace. So for example, when the GDPR stuff happened in 2018, uh, we were already in the middle of a lot of podcast pushes. So we went ahead and created a resource around that because we knew that was something people were very interested in. It was time sensitive and uh, there was there was just like a real fear in the industry about it. So we wanted to help quell some of that fear for people, help them feel better about their situation and um, ended up getting, you know, tons of people on our email list, just pushing out a resource that was timely like that. So definitely looking for trends. I know Reels, you know, like when that first came out, if you were one of the first people to have a Reels course or a Reels freebie or something like that, that would have done really well. I think still to this day, like as we're recording this, it would just because there's not that many resources on Reels or even TikTok still compared to like Pinterest or Instagram. So I think looking for timely things like that is always helpful. It is a lot of work potentially. It was a lot of work for me to like, you know, completely drop whatever plans I had and like switch directions and get this thing out that I totally didn't have on my plan for, you know, like when you're forecasting out your next year. Um, so taking advantage of things like that was incredibly helpful. And then the boring stuff is also, I mean, that that's, that's like life for my business because we just, we run the same sales, we run the same emails, we run the same, um, you know, things we come out with new products every now and then as the industry changes. So for example, you know, we, we used to sell a lot of calligraphy contract templates and like now that's not so hot, but we came out with a VIP contract template. We were, I think the first person to do that. So we we sold a lot of those because that's like now a thing is like these VIP and intensive type days that people are selling. So just looking for marketplace changes like that, looking for things that are timely and then being really boring about it. Just keep selling the same thing. Don't try to create too many new products. Don't try to like revamp your emails every single time um, you you put them out there. I mean, we would just change like we, we would always have some kind of like pop culture reference and um, we made them relevant to our audience, you know, like who's buying from us. So, for example, one time um, our Black Friday emails referenced Harry Potter and then the next year they referenced like Star Wars, you know. So it's the same exact emails, but the pop culture references were changing just because that's what people tend to remember. Not like, oh, the third email of her Black Friday sequence is always the one with the testimonials. Like no one remembers that. So just keep things really boring, look for those opportunities. And um, I think that's that's like what people don't really want to hear. They want to hear there's like a quick magic bullet, but I have not found that magic bullet yet. <laughs> no, I mean, I love what you said. I don't think it's boring. Obviously, being a guest on podcast is my jam. I love that so much. That's amazing. Um, and that does move the needle. I mean, I've been telling people on this podcast for years, like that moves the needle just because of the mindset of somebody choosing to tap on that podcast episode with that specific title and listen, like they really are engaged in this. So yeah. who is, who is your audience? Are they, I'm going to make an assumption just based off of your Instagram, your website, they are small business owners, predominantly women, probably doing less than a million in revenue a year. They don't want to have a lawyer on a retainer. So they use contract templates on demand. Yeah, you nailed it, except for the women part. So we do have a good 
clip of men who are purchasing, or at least people that identify as men who are purchasing from us. So um, I would even say less than a hundred thousand, you know, as far as their revenue goes. Yeah. Um, I think most people that are buying from us have revenue somewhere between 10 and $40,000 a year. They're very, very beginner and new. So that that's you, you but you, you profiled them pretty well. <laughs> uh, for more information on this, head to the You have contracts for a lot of things. Your website's beautiful. And I want to talk more about you and building a business. Sure. Um, specifically like you're doing two things you are you have the contract shop but then you're also coaching people telling people like hey i you know built this into a seven figure business let me tell you how i can do that now what does coaching with you look like yeah for sure so the contract shop runs completely without me at this point um I'm which is to- amazing yeah <laughs> It's pretty nice to just have those daily sales. I mean, I, I still take care of like the financial stuff with um, with Stephanie, who you probably uh, know from 100 Degrees Consulting, but that's it. Um, I Yeah, I'm trying to think of like other things I do, like high level kind of vision stuff where I'm like, hey, we need to like head here. But I have an amazing partner who executes all of this for me and, and runs the team. Um, her name's Nicole Boucher. So yeah, that runs without me. And it's really allowed me to start this second business, which is just my name, Christina Scalera. And I am helping, we've helped over 200 women now. Uh, those are <laughs> all women or at least people who identify as women. Uh, I don't think I've had any guys yet, but we've had about 200 women go through the two programs that I have. Uh, and so it's been really great to watch them get their products started and their shops launched. And um, just for them to have those like little moments where they're like, whoa, I woke up and someone bought for me last night. Or like I was in the grocery store and I saw a sale come through. Like, that's crazy. Um, it's, it's really kismet and it's really fun because they'll see like, you know, I needed to make this amount of money. And then that just shows up because they, they did the work and they started their shops and they have the products going. So it's been really fun to coach them through creating those products and also creating the shop that houses those products in, you know, in addition, like, it's just a nice, um, it's almost like I say shops are the new blog tab because it's almost like people will go to a shop tab on a website now because they don't have time to read a blog, but they do want to see what you're all about and what you're an expert at. And your shops are really good indication of like everything you're an expert at. So do you think in the future, future meaning like tomorrow, like near future. <laughs> Do you think all coaches, consultants, online entrepreneurs, anybody who has a personal brand who delivers a service should have a shop? And if so, what should be in that shop? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see it with Facebook and Instagram promoting the shop feature on their platform. They're trying to be competitive with Shopify uh, and and they are trying to to get you to shop through their platforms. So I definitely think that if you want to be good at Instagram, shops are going to be important. If you want to have people understand what you're about, this is a great way for them to kind of test drive some of your offers, some of your, um, you know, some of your, your foundation. So for example, any kind of checklist or any kind of tools that you're using in your own business, maybe there's like a year, like a year long or a quarterly planner that you use that you've created yourself or adapted from someone else. Um, maybe there's some kind of checklist that you go through to become, you know, guests on a podcast in your case. 
And, you know, people want to know what that is. Like they want to hear from you what you recommend if they're going to be a guest on someone's podcast. And so they're going to, they're going to want to download that checklist or that Asana or Trello board and have that in their back pocket so that they are always prepared, you know, even without waiting until your next offer comes out or talking with you or setting up an intensive with you. Like they want that, that ability to know exactly what to do for the podcast they have lined up today. They want to know how to, how to ace that now. They don't want to wait until they have a strategy session or like go through your course or something. So it's really important that we do have these things that are available to people on demand because they like, they're going to take advantage of them and they're, they're going to want to see, um, you know, what it is that, that they can learn from you, but also they want those things yesterday. They don't want to wait until next week or next month or whenever you open your programs again. And it sounds like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like just based on what you said, it sounds like I could take one of my freebies and just add a little extra something to it and charge for it. Or I could even look at my SOPs and they may be like for my internal team. Yeah. But if I made it public, I could sell it. And so what do you suggest? And I know this is a very broad question, but as far as digital downloads, what price points do you like to see or do you see perform better than others? That's such a loaded question. I'll try to answer it though. (laughs) I mean, ultimately we want to have a product out there that creates a result that um, like the value is like 10 times what we're charging for a price point. So for example, just going back to my templates, uh, they retail for 455, 455 US dollars. And that would cost you about $5,000 to have that same exact thing created by a lawyer. So we try to give you, we try to like have 10x the value for, for the cost. Um, typically though, if you are starting with digital products, I would recommend that you start under $50. Uh, my, my templates, when I, when they first came out in 2016, like January, 2016 was the first one sold, they were 155. So they've, they've steadily increased to 455 over the years. And in more recent years, we've introduced our under $50 category with the pandemic. It became really important for people to get um, get help or, or to stay aligned with our business and, and keep buying from us, but they couldn't do so at such a high price point anymore. So we introduced some products that were under $50 and those are just awesome and um, a great way for people to kind of test the waters with us, see what the experience is like, see if they like buying from us and they like the customer service aspect of it before they jump in with a, a more high price product. So I like pricing things anywhere between like 14 to $50 when you're getting started and um, just make sure that like whatever the result is that they're getting, it's still 10 times about like 10 times, um, you know, the value of what they paid for. Okay. That's a great answer to a loaded question. <laughs> um, okay. Before we wrap up, just because I've worked with many business coaches before you and I met in a mastermind, I, I strongly believe that you cannot not that you can't do it, but it's just so much easier when you pay somebody to be the shortcut, like they've already made the mistakes. However, with everybody on the internet today calling themselves a business coach, (laughs) the struggle is real. So let's just talk business coaching real quick because you work as a coach in my VIP mentoring program I do as well. Give me some of the best business coaching advice and some of the worst. Okay. Best 
is that's harder than the worst. <laughs> okay, give me the worst. That's juicier um, anyway. The worst, I th- I don't know. I don't. I feel like I'm gonna offend people, but like the worst I think I've seen lately is that you can't fail. Like you definitely can fail, and failing is okay. <laughs> I don't know why. There, like failure is such a loaded thing. Like literally, I fail. 80 million times a day trying to do something or like realizing that I'm super behind on some project that, um, you know, is supposed to come out or like, I don't know, like failure is not a bad thing, but you can definitely fail. So I, I don't know. I don't like that whole, like, you can't, you can't fail. Like fail. It's just, you know, I think they try to say like, you're not failing because you're learning from it, (laughs) which which that makes sense. And then also with the failing thing, like people are so afraid of it and it's like, nobody's really looking at you that closely to even notice if you failed, like you're the only one, like most people don't even give a shit. (laughs) They're not even paying that close attention. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then like best, I, I can't remember what I would like. Um, I, I don't know. The thing I always come back to is like, do what you can with what you have. And I thought I made that up for a long time until I was like, at a gift store in the Grand Canyon and I saw some like Teddy Roosevelt quote and it was like basically that. Um, (laughs) So I guess maybe I lifted it from Teddy Roosevelt and didn't even realize it. But yeah, I I always try to to encourage people to do what they can with what they have because like I started my shop when I was $73,000 in credit card debt. And um, yeah, like literally used up the last like $500 on somehow another credit card that I still had. Okay. Where was your mind then? Like, what is your mindset when you are spending money to start a business when you have that debt? Like explain that. Uh, Well, I think it helped that I was like in my twenties and I'm pretty sure whatever part of your brain that (laughs) has a fear of, of like going into debt and you know, whatever. Um, I don't know if that was like fully there yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little bit more laid back about the debt thing back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is so, I don't know. Okay. I'll just say it. I realized I wasn't going to go to jail for being in debt. And so I was like, okay, like this isn't good, but no one's going to put me in jail. Like I'm not going to be, you know, no, no one's going to be like, you, you have to go to jail immediately. Like (laughs) you're you're not going to be able to live your life anymore. So it was just like, okay, well, I'm, I know this, like in my head, I was like, I know this is going to work. Like, I know something is going to break through. It has to, like, I've been trying so hard at this for so long. Um, cause I had tried a lot of things. This is like three years. I, I skipped a large part, but there's like three years of me trying different things and not working, which is how I ended up in $73,000 of credit card debt. Uh, that was all for business stuff too. That wasn't like, you know, I went out and bought a Fendi you shopping. And- well, can I also point out that people yeah. go into debt with a lot more money, just for college and school, (laughs) but like, I hate it when people are like, they don't think twice about taking out over a hundred thousand dollars in loans for college, but when it's like to invest in themselves for their own business, they're scared shitless and it makes zero sense. Yeah. So that's super impressive. So like, it was like the, like $500 hope this works. And then you built it to a seven figure business. Yes. That's amazing. You say it like, yeah, no big deal. That's amazing. Well, it's been six years, you know. Yeah, so. you got used to the big deal. So now you just talk <laughs> about it like that. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Um, so yeah, so best piece of advice, do what you can with what you have. And I think that's important too, because there's so much comparison. And the the fact of the matter is, is when you see other people doing things, 
A, you don't really know what they're doing, but B, you especially don't know what they have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't underscore that enough. You you just never know if they have, you know, because I was a single girl too. So like I I find myself comparing myself to other people and then I'm like, wait, like they have a husband who's a hedge fund manager or whatever. And there's nothing wrong or bad about that. You know, one of my really good friends is married to a former CEO of Bentley um, America. So like, it's totally fine. If that's the resources that you have, then then use them. I'm not saying like anyone should feel ashamed. I'm just saying like, it, we're all coming from different situations. I know I was incredibly privileged and, um, you know, even then still had a, a long way to come and just did everything that I could with the available resources that I could find. And, um, yeah, so I would encourage, I, I know it's harder for, for many other people. Um, so I, I just want to encourage people wherever they're at to try to do what they can. Love that. So we're going to link to the contractshop.com in the show notes. We're also going to link to your Instagram, Christina Scalera and the contract shop. And then where can people find out more about coaching with you? Yeah, everything's at Christina Scalera. <laughs> uh, it's a weird name. So nobody had all the handles and all the websites and all that. So <laughs> you lucky girl. I have to be I know, Christina all very day lucky. because Christina no one can spell my name, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's common spelling. I feel like Christina Aguilera helped us out with the <laughs> spelling of it all. <laughs> right? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Christina. Don't forget, you can grab everything we talked about in the show notes for this episode, so make sure you check them out wherever you listen to podcasts and tap that subscribe button if you haven't already. I would really appreciate it if you like this episode. Share it with a friend, a family member, or a colleague. I am always grateful when people share Become a Media Maven, and I will see you again very soon right here on the podcast.